There he is. You hear me okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's the baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got that mixed up. I don't think that's supposed to go in your mouth. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it probably should. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. Causing your parents so much, so many sleepless nights. Yeah, mom, mom's mom needed a shower time. And dad had an interview here, a meeting. <laughs> Double or all of it. <laughs> Double interview. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Look at that! This is the first time I think we've done a Zoom interview. I know it. These have been working out a lot better. <laughs> I'm gonna adjust my camera at all. No, I think you're good. What do you need to adjust? Oh, I was gonna bring it down a little bit, but I think. Down. Yeah, I think you're good. Okay. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, ready? I'm ready. All right. Let me, ready? <clears throat> Let me do the official start. Hello and welcome to Swing Smarter Monthly Newsletter. This is your host, Joey Myers from HittingPerformanceLab.com. And probably for the half a dozen or dozenth interview, I have Taylor Gardner here from Backspin T. Welcome to the show, Taylor. It looks like you brought a little friend. <laughs> That's right. Yes, yeah. She, uh... She has been influenced by uh, any good or bad. You there? There we go. I thought you froze for a little bit. Yep. Say it again. Say it oh. again. So she's been influenced by what? I said uh, we got we got a fresh template here. She she hasn't uh, had any good or bad instruction yet. So, uh, <laughs> decided to get to start working with this one. Yeah, yeah. Tie the tie the right arm around behind her back and. <laughs> oh man is your brother is he lefty or is he righty he's a switch hitter you can do both well you do both but what about throwing was he right he's a righty oh, uh he was a righty yeah. he was a righty okay cool well hey i wanted to get you on the on the other side of the, the screen here and wanted to talk about making adjustments so yeah. that we could go into the hitting side we could go into the strategy side we can go into any different thing so what do adjustments mean to you when it comes to talking to your hitters? So, so an adjustment is, uh, it has to be understood. An adjustment is, is something if a hitter is already attempting to be on time. Um, it's really hard to make adjustments if you're not in a, in a time uh, window to start with. Um, and so if you're going up there to hit and you're just purely reacting, your adjustments are also reacting maybe even uh, you know, twice as long or twice as late as they should be. So um, within the understanding that, uh, okay, well, we're syncing up release point, we have the, the timing window of the pitch speed coming in, maybe we're sitting on fastball, and then all of a sudden the uh, pitcher throws a change. And, and whether you recognize the spin or the speed or the trajectory angle, whatever off-speed pitch it could be, um, what do you do? Well, if, if your plan was uh, uh, there to help you, your approach is there to help you, not hurt you. So, so within your plan and approach, if uh, you're on time for fastball and, oh, oh no, it's an off-speed pitch, um, what do you do? Well, <laughs> the easy answer is you don't stop your swing. Mm -hmm. I know we get told a lot, wait, let that curveball get, get a lot deeper. Well, now we're talking about changing depths, and it's really hard to change depths of timing on the flop. Um, so in, as, instead of being reactive to making your adjustment, you can be proactive to making your adjustment. Uh, one thing that uh, – Put my baby down. I actually brought a bat here to show you. Um, you Use the baby as a bat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How cute she is. One thing that we <clears throat> a lot with hitters 
I'll do this left-handed here, so I do apologize. Is they're they're, they're sideways, they're, they're they're pretty lined up with the pitcher in some fashion and stance, and then you know they start to ride the stride. And as they start to witness that okay, this ball isn't a perfect fastball down the middle. What do I do? You know, we see them not only take continue to take their head and posture to the ball, uh, but you see a lot of hitters start to kind of turn in and sit with the ball. So as opposed to going, uh-oh, I'm a little early, let me pull out and then have to release my arms and hands to hopefully hit it, you start to see hitters actually sit with that ball. And then because they, when you, you sit, any movement takes time. And if the plan is correct, you're on time for the pitcher's fastest pitch. And then if you're making an adjustment, it's to buy time. This is where a lot of hitters, young hitters especially, they don't do a good job of buying time. They end up staying on their backside. They end up opening up too soon and all they have left is just to flick it with their, their arm and wrist. And yeah, you can hit a ball and do that and probably get on base and feel good about yourself. But the faster, you know, that speed starts to go up in level and the and more you know, drastic change of off speed, you, know, you got 90 mile an hour fastball and 80 mile an hour changeup. That's a little different than facing a 75 mile an hour fastball at a 70 mile an hour changeup. Right. As the, as the pitcher starts to extend those timeline, uh, adjustments and, and, and variables, the hitters have to as well. So the ability to, to be ready for the fastest pitch and also be able to buy time while staying in a good posture position on the ball is something that uh, we see really good hitters do. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, amateur hitters don't do as well. Uh, you know, it, sure, at some level, yeah, we want to be a good fastball hitter. Every great hitter is known as being a great fastball hitter. Um, if you're looking off speed, looking for that, that slow curveball, every fastball is going to beat you. The, the timeline, you've got to be prepared for the pitcher's, pitcher's fastest pitch. That's the fastest timeline. Therefore, your plan is there to help. Now, is it going to be perfect every time? Well, of course not. It's baseball. Mm -hmm. It's tough. But at least the plan had merit. The plan was in place to help you be on time for fastball and buy time for off-speed. Um, so, for example, this last weekend, my nephew uh, faced his first knuckleballer. Uh, he's never faced a knuckleballer. He's 13 years old. Didn't know this pitcher had a knuckleballer. It wasn't his main pitch. Um, so, you know, first at bat, I don't know, hit a fastball for a double. Second at bat, gets a strike or two on him, a ball or two, and then all of a sudden, whack, he, he hits, a, hits a good single, steals second base, eventually gets to third base, and uh, the coach at third goes, wow, good, good, good job, Maverick. Um, you know, you really sat well in your legs on that changeup. He goes, wasn't a changeup, coach, it was a knuckleball. And he goes, oh, when did you realize it was a knuckleball? He goes, after I hit it. <laughs> and it, it kind of – reminded me that you know he, he took a good plan to the plate he was ready for fastball he happened to adjust instinctively to the this great crazy knuckleball but it was more about controlling his contact depth i'm not quitting on my swing um did he sit more in his leg sure did he have a locked out front leg no he, but he found a way to keep his, his spinal engine and posture on the ball by the time he pulled the trigger sure the ball got a little deeper he barreled it up he got a good hit out of it and at the end of the day it, it didn't fool him. This this random pitch that he really has never seen didn't make him react to freeze. It didn't make him react to, to, to slow down and touch it. His reaction was to stay on the ball and give it a chance. And that's, you know, it sounds easy to do um, mm -hmm. until you start seeing a pitch come flying at your body. You know, for us older coaches that aren't playing anymore, I think sometimes we forget that there's a little fear involved. Mm -hmm. um, and so a good plan leads to good adjustments. And sometimes... Um, knowing how to get over that fear or, or, or filter out that your, your situation really helps that plan start to 
stick together with better glue. And therefore those adjustments really become valuable. Um, as far as um, other types of adjustments, um, that was one type of sitting in your legs. Um, other types of adjustments, we've seen Mike Trout kind of sit in his legs. We've also seen him kind of bend over a little more at, at his waist, a little, little side tilt. That, that's another way of buying time. And so adjustments to me uh, in, in, our, in our world is uh, ways to buy time. It's every movement takes time. Um, but unless you're ready to line your posture up for the ball on time to begin with, adjustments are just going to slow you down. So you've got to make sure those adjustments are there to help you. Well, you said a couple of things that would blow a couple of people's mind if they were listening to this. Number one is sitting on your backside and swinging from that <clears throat> position, number one. And number two, that you don't have to straighten out your front leg, that you can keep that bent. And I, I love that. And that's something that I've learned from you and, and your brother and Maddie, Maddie Noakes, that the legs really set direction, like the lower half basically sets directional force. It does contribute to some of the power. And we've, sure. we've had discussions on that over the last couple of years saying, you know, probably between 20 and 30%. It probably yeah. contributes to the power, the overall power thing. But the idea that you can use your knees, bending your knees, that front knee, to adjust to pitch height. Like th those are adjustments that we can make that if you're from a train of thought that says you have to straighten it, you have to yeah. brace that leg out, right? I mean, that's, that's really not... Uh, in reality, we're trying to, like you said, buy time. Right. Uh, so speaking along the, the brace in the front leg, the, the front leg can, can obviously, we, we can see it, YouTube it, you know, Google it. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you can hit with a straight front leg. And even sitting in your legs may still uh, turn out to be a, a brace straightening front leg. You can still bend your knee and still walk and brace into that front knee. Mm -hmm. um, but I think a lot of times these coaches and instructors that's really come to an issue that I've seen come, come around is they're teaching to push the leg straight as opposed to letting the, the hip pull the leg straight. Mm -hmm. um, pitchers do a really good job of this. Um, you know, they don't just land in their front leg and then push straight up. Is there vertical ground force? Of course it is. Uh, now, in hitting, though, there may be a little more of that vertical into horizontal ground force. Now, that kind of sounds funny to say, but you're not just going to push up away from the ball every time sure could you get away with it of course and there's nothing wrong if, if you're on time and you get the barrel to it great job uh, but like you like you like to say joey if it happens too much to ignore i'll just start paying attention to it. <laughs> yeah yeah and on that note that was the one big thing that i pulled from you been friends for probably over six seven eight years oh, now man <clears throat> flown was by that, was that idea of staying sideways and keeping that back foot from completely turning over, like a lot of coaches will say, pivot that back foot, pivot that back foot, and meaning that back heel will turn towards home plate and it'll continue to keep rotating. And so I think we've developed a almost a generation or two of hitters that are over rotating the, the lower half. And you saying you using Matt Noakes's lingo as stay sideways, stay sideways, I think is a great one. And to your point or to our point, that it happens too much to ignore. And yeah. you can't just write it off. Some of our buddies in the past have said, well, that hitter can do that because he X, Y, Z. That hitter yeah. can do that because, and it's, no, no, no. It happens if you take the top 100 hitters, 50 hitters, you'll see half of them stay sideways and maybe the other half get to, to, to neutral with it. So it happens a little bit too often to be ignored. For anyone that's listening, um, if you've ever played golf and if you haven't, fine. Take a baseball bat, take a slow practice golf swing 
Um, you know, go, go YouTube, Roy McIlroy, Tiger Woods, anyone you want. Golfers have figured out how to stay sideways through impact. Now, their ball's on the ground, and it's generally between their feet. So they're, they're, it's more allowed to by, by the positions of contact with golf. However, you're going to see baseball players do it too. But since the contact point in baseball can be further out front, sure, you're going to see that that back foot rotate uh, a little a little more before contact. I, I get that told a lot. Well, look at this header. I said, yes, but look what happened the first 80% of this swing before contact. He was still sideways. He was still, now, was he turning his shoulders? Was he loading his core, his spinal engine? Sure, but the back foot was still sideways to the pitch. And the back foot kind of ends up becoming a bit of a rudder, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, no way. I don't want anyone to take that too literal, but you know, you wouldn't start with your back foot facing the catcher. You wouldn't face with your back foot facing the pitcher. There's a reason, you know, uh, it's a natural position for the body. Um, the ball is thrown in front of us, uh, quite honestly. To the mm-hmm. side of us. Ball comes in, and and it is in front and to the side of us. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever swung an axe, it makes sense to shift your weight and leverage up. That's why we want to have a little forward shift, not only for taking your head to the ball and being able to, to judge depth, a forward move can be very good about feeling your, your uh, depth uh, and, and putting a, a nice sense to it. But at the same time, if you're spinning, can't see my back foot, mm-hmm. kind of stuck in my dog, if you're <laughs> spinning too soon, now the ball is essentially to the side and behind us. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't hit from here, but if you've opened up too soon, my swing's wanting to go this way. I'll, I'll, I, I cross my face this way. We want to cross our face into contact with the ball. Again, golfers understand this. When their ball's in front of them, they want to cross their face here. They don't want to spin out and then cross their face too late. That ends up turning into a slice, and anyone's ever played golf will, will probably vouch for that. Then, yeah. My goodness, I'm spinning off the ball. Well, yeah, spin off the ball since you played tee ball, son. You know, <laughs> never fixed it. <laughs> well, and, and what I love the golf analogy is because in golf, you have a very, very small margin for error you have we're talking in hundreds of yards not hundreds of feet and you right. got this little ball that's got to get hit by this club face and the and the square center center contact of the yeah. club face and the ball the straighter the ball is going to go so you could take that club face and slightly like a couple mil- millimeters you can slightly yeah. pull it in like you're going to hook it or slightly away like you're going to slice it and those little teeny millimeters by the end of that 200 yard journey is going to be whoo, way out Crazy. Slice. So, what I always I tell my hitters, I say when we're teaching this concept of staying sideways and keeping that back foot from over rotating, is we have to play almost like a golfer, where a golfer's looking at one shot to the pin. I call it one degree of fair territory, and outside of that, three hundred and fifty nine degrees of foul territory. Because in golf, the objective is is the least amount of strokes to get it in the hole. In baseball, of course, we got ninety degrees to play with, but we want to act like. We're doing like golf. We want to act like there is a smaller margin and we have to operate within that smaller margin. Right. So, so along those lines that, 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 that's, it's incredible that you say that because, uh, you know, the whole outside pitches, let it get deep inside pitchers. You're magically allowed to pull for some reason. We're talking about different depths there where in golf, well, obviously the ball's not moving, but to their benefit, they're more precise. They have time to get their stance set up, time to adjust their face angle. So yes, maybe we don't have that luxury in baseball, but we do have the luxury of knowing our contact depth. Um, is it, you know, do, do I like hitting the ball more um, 
You know, you know, some hitters like hitting the ball more off their front hip, some even further out front. Um, some like hitting it a little deeper, more, more middle of their, of their ball. Whatever it is that, that you are super comfortable with, um, that's your precision. That, that's what you're going to battle with the best. And uh, again, based on you know, uh, the timeline you're setting it for, but I, I have a lot of young hitters that we constantly have to work on reminding them, where is your preferred contact? Mm. And not to make them look like robots, but you'll see them like, uh, I don't know, maybe like right there or out here. It's like, whoa, 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 you, you got to know. Because if you don't know, you're guessing like you're close. Good job of being on time. But we want to be on time with our contact depth. That's it's a lot more for sucks. And, and as you know, in small, miss small. Yeah. You know, it may not always show up in baseball. Maybe you had a day where you didn't hit well, but you know what? My plan was good. My adjustments were sound. Maybe I was just a little early or or a tad late, whatever that may be, a little over or under the ball. But you can just sleep well at night knowing, man, I had a 99% figured out. But you don't realize how much you haven't figured out until you start thinking about more precise movements. And then all of a sudden you go, wow, three years ago, I was going to battle with a 50% efficiency rate, if you will. Um, That that shocks a lot of hitters. And And I really do think a lot of good college players that, Get to pro ball, maybe it doesn't pan out for them for whatever reason. I think a lot of them, whether they can say it or not, more verbiage, it happens to a lot of them. They, they, they get exposed. We, we get told at every level we go up in baseball, oh, you better swing faster, you better figure out how to hit that faster pitching, you better have quicker hands, whatever. Um, you know, well, of course, we have to make those adjustments because we're being exposed. Mm-hmm. So, what if we got ahead of that exposure? You know, um, I don't know if you saw the video that I posted on the, uh, the baseball Illuminati page. Um, I was actually pro hopping, uh, doing running guns for a nine-year-old ball player, shuffle stepping, boom, and I'm 25 feet in front of him, throwing the ball 50 miles an hour, a reaction time stupid fast. He'll never see anything that fast in his life, as far as just timing-wise. Mm-hmm. And you know what he did? It took him a bit. He filtered it out. He figured out when to go, when to shift, how to track the ball. And yeah, that ball was getting to him quicker than any if he's ever going to see in baseball. And he started barreling balls up. Our brain's a supercomputer. We all know that. Problem is, if that supercomputer is putting in the wrong formula, it's still going to, you know, there's still going to be a glitch. Right. So you don't got to help it out. Shoot, I'd even go uh, <clears throat> another step with the wrong formula and just saying that it's becoming impossible. Or you hear that oh, language yeah. from coaches. Well, that's impossible. That, that's not going to happen or that's not reality or it's it's not going to happen <clears throat> and instead of saying that something's not possible why not ask why or how can it be possible right yeah. we've talked about the front arm shape and trying to get that thing extended out whereas yeah. everybody and their mother seems to teach this bent front arm right so the question <laughs> that i that i always get when i put put that post out there <clears throat> is people will go well you know i've tried and tested that in beer league softball and works there but it doesn't work in the big leagues and whatnot and if you go way back to Joe DiMaggio and Hank Aaron, Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, all those guys locked out. So yeah. instead of saying, oh, no, that doesn't work. Today's pitchers throw too hard and blah, 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 no. blah. Why not ask, how can we make that work? Yes. How does that work? Right? What if we made 90 miles an hour and feel slower? Not that it's any easier to hit, but what if what if it wasn't impossible on mm-hmm. you? Know, and clearly it's not. People do it every day. <laughs> it's, it's not impossible. Like you said, maybe the way we're, we're rationalizing it and maybe even practicing, maybe yeah. 
maybe we're not doing our own job as a baseball community and making maybe it's 75 miles now that you're struggling with. You know, mm-hmm. maybe that's what it is. You know, whatever it is, get ahead of that curve. Not that you're gonna just start jacking home runs, but don't be late. There's no excuse for being late. There's no excuse for not filtering out and understanding your environment. Maybe you don't get to face a live pitcher every day in practice. That that's fair. Um, you know, sure, you got your work cut out for you, but there's no reason to just be get your doors blown off um, when you have all of the uh, uh, potential to be as early as you want. Once you're late, you're beat. Once the ball gets behind your timeline and, and gets behind your back, you're beat. Pitcher starts in front of us. We as hitters let ourselves be late. Maybe because we're trying to do some crazy swing, like, I don't know, let it get deep and snap it or something. I don't know. But whatever it may be, again, kind of back to the approach and those adjustments, mm-hmm. got to clean that up. And, and mm-hmm. maybe you got to study more timing. Maybe you got to study more a spinal engine, springy fashion, figure out where to get your body in position. Um, to your on bar point, I think a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh-oh, we got, we got a wine and baby. <laughs> Wait till she starts walking. Oh, I know. I can't wait. <laughs> you know, it never, I mean, I, I understand folding your levers and, and engaging, you know, uh, uh, muscles and getting correct shapes. That makes sense. But, you know, when you see an arm bar and, and it starts to lock out, well, it's a little hard to do in slow motion, by the way. You ever yeah. notice that? Yeah. <laughs> it looks funky in slow motion to arm bar. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when you, when you engage the body and it starts to, to help yeah. out, it starts to, a little more natural golfers do the same thing yep um luckily for us though in golf you get to start with it extended mm-hmm. and, and just connect it to a core bring it through from there but but this bat is heavy i i, I completely understand why people want to hold it close to their body mm-hmm. and, and it, it, it is rational um and it's still close to the body it's not like we're on barn out here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, we're still on barn you know across our core mm-hmm. and this bat is behind you you want lag and you want leverage you need leverage and and you just lose some leverage sometimes when it, your hands are so close to your body and even so close this way to the middle of your body mm-hmm. by the time you do a swing yeah you're getting the barrel out there quick and it may be a strong position i mean it's a firm position but if i never got the benefit of the lag and the clearing and the time to speed up the bat. It takes time to speed up the bat. This is not an instantaneous thing. <clears throat> I know the swing only takes like 0.2 seconds. I get it. That's slow in the world of, of everything else. <laughs> there is plenty of time. And so when that bottom hand, you know, uh, uh, grips onto the bat, for most people, their bottom hand is their weaker hand. Uh, mm-hmm. Do everything left-handed here if they have to. Um, but you, know, you want your dominant arm to, to be, to do its job. Mm-hmm. Not that you have to do it all with the dominant arm, but it, you certainly don't want your weaker arm to be your dominant arm. Now, how do you get that in position? Well, as you go to swing, if it happens to lock out and you're getting the benefit of lag and leverage, how is that wrong? Mm-hmm. If I understand timing, if I understand posture positions and swing plane, an arm bar is nothing in the, in the scheme of, of arguments. It's I'm, I'm lengthening the lever, you know, and I'm doing if I do it correctly, then of course I have more leverage. And, and, and it's more bat speed, but bat speed takes time. And so when, when I see a lot of kids, they, they, they start here and they're leaving pull even more and their hands get across their face really soon, elbows way behind their hand, not even close to being slotted. And next thing you know, 
they're chopping down or, or they, they just kind of have to slick it. And more importantly, their swing radius and swing arc may only go so far. Yeah. Versus if I clear, I can actually hit a further reach and it'd be right within my wheelhouse of comfortability. Mm -hmm. Well, if we go back to your your contact points, right? Knowing what your contact points are. So when we work with our hitters on our, we call it our horizontal approach, so our line to line approach. So being able to hit the ball the other way, pull it, go, go up the middle, things like that. We talk about that there's two main things to be aware of. One is what you've already said is your contact point. But number two is when that barrel actually enters the, the hitting zone. And it's gonna be different for, we call middle in and middle away. It's going to be different. So middle away and middle down, that snapping early, getting the barrel in the zone early makes sense. It's a great middle down of the strike zone, middle away approach. But when it comes to middle in and middle up, it doesn't make sense. And right. those bad cues that I thought were bad about four years ago, swing down, barrel above the ball. We, we do use those, but only for middle in, middle up. Right, right. Um, speaking along those lines, um, if you guys have... If you've ever had a kid, you know, try to new baseball bad, and oh man, he's struggling with the weight, or it's too long for him, or if that's some of the, the stuff you've been told, just remember that when this bat is laying horizontal, it is heavier as far as where the balance is. There's a reason we stack the barrel. There's a reason when we hold this bat up, you can hold it with one finger. That's how light, if you will, more under control you can have. Uh, Matt Noakes talks about this a lot. You know, the barrel above the hands. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, it's taken me a while to, the, the, the feel can be down. In fact, you know what? There is a down movement. It's called your posture. It's called your head. You know, the ball's below you. Yeah. You know, yes, you want to swing on plane, back to slightly up, of course. Yeah. But how you get to that barrel in entering the zone and, and before it starts that actual up speed, um, that is paramount. That's what's, that's also what's so wrong with, with the, the down early method. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got there, but did you give up timing? Did you give up precision yep. of contact? Right. Give up adjustments because your only move is to get there. You know, if you were able to just keep the barrel above your hands and be ready for that high and inside pitch, it's just, uh, uh, as Perry Husband would say, would get to you quickest on on, on EV tunnels. Um, if I'm ready for that, holding right. And then I can always adjust if I need to. Weight adjustment patterns there. And, and, and kind of tie that back to what you planned. Um, you know, I've, not everyone would agree with me on this, but just from a third party perspective, if the high and inside pitch is the, the ball that we have to get the barrel out there quickest to, mm -hmm. um, it makes sense to me to be on time with that and adjust down and away with that. Because you have more time, more space, it's mm -hmm. further away from you to do so. Obviously, you get into baseball stuff. It's like, well, if you're looking middle, middle, then uh, then that gets tougher. If you're looking middle way, if you're looking wherever. Um, so again, I'm, I don't want to get into the approach part of it, but it just makes sense to me that you know, go ahead and practice, play around practicing with, look, look high and in, you know, get that pitch locked in, and then you know, work it down to middle, middle, get that adjustment pattern locked in. Like maybe for some people, it's not so much that they have to change their approach. Maybe they just need to be comfortable getting to all these pitches for a different point. You know, yeah. they, might, they might not have to worry, you know, well, my timing's good. My, I'm swinging at the right pitches. I'm just getting jammed a lot on high. Well, 
maybe it's because you're dumping your barrel too soon. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's okay to, you got to find where that issue is and not fight it. But again, let your plan help you get there. So the barrel above the hands is a great plan. It helps me already be ready for, for, for that movement pattern for, for oven in. Um, you know, sure, maybe you get to that pitch well, maybe you're facing speeds you can handle and maybe you're, you're struggling with low and away. So maybe you do have to, to think about you know, releasing that barrel a little sooner. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, I would give everyone hesitation to just go out and put out a YouTube video saying this is the one and only way. <laughs> of course it's not, but we have to understand all of it so that when you hear someone say something, filter through what they're saying you go i see why he's doing it that makes sense mm-hmm. but when you come out and some of these instructors say just one swing playing for every pitch and if i just wait longer then i can see it longer well, we know that to not exactly be true our mm-hmm. eyes don't see the ball much longer just because we're not swinging right. <laughs> right. well and what's what's also also interesting <clears throat> is the what the actual hitting operating system is when you when you can watch somebody when, when you kind of been around the block and you've seen a lot of these different teachings you can see what their main operating system is and i know you you and i we're pretty similar in this and we want to maintain high ball exit speeds so when you get a hitting somebody a hitting guy that's talking about a certain thing like hey we need to get that high inside pitch with the been in the front arm we need to get there well we know that your her husband said mike trout one of the best in the world we'll we'll go down as one of the best top five probably in in, in ever uh, top five top ten and at down and away average ball exit speed is 101 miles an hour not his top out but his average right. and that's where he's locked out with that elbow at contact and then it up and in he's reduced to a high school baseball player at 80 to 83 miles an hour up right. and in. So he's losing almost you know, around 20 miles an hour ball exit speed. That's 80, 80 feet you know, times four. Uh, that's 80 feet of batted ball distance that he's giving up by looking away and adjusting in. Well, some people go, well, that's fine. But here's the deal. And this is what I tell my, my players. I say, Mike Trout is a once in a lifetime player. He's just one of those people that we will look back on when he's done with his career. And we will say he's one of the best. One of the best ever is giving up 20 miles an hour ball. 20 miles an hour. You know what the amateurs are probably giving up? <laughs> oh, man. 30, 35 miles an hour ball exit speed. He's one of the best. He can get away with it. You're going to be giving up a lot more. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's, um, I can't remember if it was you or someone else had, had brought to my attention. Uh, it was before COVID happened. I think it was the, the baseball season before. And they asked uh, uh, who has the highest, um, what was it, the, the, who hit their highest exit speed most often? Mm. Try to word that correctly. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, I don't know. And, and uh, this was Jose Altuve and Aaron Judge. And I was like, oh, okay, wow, two different types of hitters, sizes, and body length. They said, oh, you know how often they hit their hardest exit speed. And at first, I'm like, oh, these are big leaders. Oh man, I bet they, I bet 20% of their hits or they're, you know, they're they're popping out near their top exit speed. Mm-hmm. It was less than two percent. Wow. Less than two percent of all of their hits are miss hits in the realm of hitting it as hard as you can. So what does that mean though? Does that mean, oh, well, they're not, you know, maybe maybe they're slowing their swing down and touching the ball. No, I don't think so. Not my opinion. Obviously get full on some pitches and okay, fine. But I think the majority of their base hits that they recorded, I think their miss hits are that powerful. And once you start to realize that home runs are the best result, okay, but maybe your best result is a hard line shot, single or double, whatever. However hard you hit, 
whatever type of hit is your hardest hit, uh, which for most people is a pretty low launch angle, uh, I don't know, zero, five, maybe 10 degrees. Mm -hmm. um, and that makes sense. Ball's coming down about five, seven, eight degrees. And you can imagine that plane. Um, you're going to give up exit speed when you, um, when you raise or lower your launch angle. And I see a lot of people don't understand that. Oh, no, no, no. My hardest hits my home runs. Not exactly. Yeah. Hardest hit ball ever recorded was a ground ball. Right. Double play it. One hop. So it's okay. Yeah. It's okay that if your exit speed fluctuates based on how well you struck that ball for a single, double, triple, based on how high or low you hit it, that's fine. And you want to start tightening those windows up. But, 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 XBMT, you know, Taylor, Joe, you, you can't control your launch angles. I'm not saying you can aim your launch angles. Just like I'm not saying you can aim your hits. What I am saying, though, is you can work on the precision of contact depth. Mm -hmm. You can work on your precision of posture and swing plane. And when you when it lines up and you smoke a ball right at the pitcher's head, you did your job. And when you, uh, you know, next at bat and, and, and it probably feels the same and you hit a home run, guess what? You did your job. You know, you hit the ball hard. But more importantly, your plan gave you the ability to hit the ball as hard as you potentially could that swing. And that's Oh man, how many young kids have you seen? You throw them one changeup, they're crushing balls. You throw one changeup, and then the next ten swings are crap. They yeah. just they can't find it. That you, you just ruined their world. Yeah, and it's like, oh man, you gotta you gotta filter that out and, and trust the plan and get your next pitch. Oh, and it's okay. Yeah, oh. exactly. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, that's another call for another day. Um, oh, I want to be respectful, respectful of your time because you've got a little one that's down there and she's been great, by the way. I don't know. She's sleeping asleep. now. She's asleep? <laughs> yeah. She, she's asleep? Oh, 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 yeah, she just woke up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm talking too loud. I'm talking too loud. Um, but hey, I want to let you get back to the baby and get back to the family, hopefully get some sleep maybe if she'll she'll take, wow. a, nap, take a nap with her. Um, but hey, where can people find you? Uh, socials, website, any kind of deals that you got going on right now? Go ahead and... Yes, so uh, you can find us on on, on Google, BackspinT. You'll find BackspinT.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We actually have a 20% off code at the moment. Uh, if you use the code BATBROS, for those of you that follow the baseball BATBROS, I'm a very good friends with them. Um, they are uh, they're great people, Will Taylor and them. They're, they're amazing people. Um, but you're also going to find us in Dick Sporting Goods here soon. So be on the lookout. Uh, hopefully Academy is, uh, is going to follow that as well, for those that uh, maybe that's closer to you. And uh, – trying hard to get with uh, mark word and shields and some other big retail stores but the dick sporting goods we're shipping that out here in a couple of days and I'm very excited to uh, make that next jump to the big retail because we've done so well on the individual sale to sale and uh, it's time to make that move yeah congratulations buddy i'm so i've been with you for a lot of this journey i think uh we jumped on probably we we started building our relationship maybe a two second year second year i think you guys were out for first so, year might have been so, um, so I'm just excited for you guys. And I know, I know you guys have been just like all of us been through our ups and downs and stuff. And it sounds like you guys are starting to, starting to rise again. So, yep. Yep. You know, it all started with Joey Myers, uh, experiment video <laughs> right. MIT versus, and we didn't know each other. So people, yeah, we did watch that video. We didn't it's know amazing each other. how it turned out. Yeah. It wasn't a very biased thing. I was probably, we run into each other a couple of times. We talked on the phone maybe once or twice. And I was like, you know what, let's, let's try this out. Let's do some experiments. And it, I think it turned out pretty well for you guys. Yeah. I think, well, back to the precision of contact, you know, just changing that visual, you know, it, it you had a more funnel effect of yep. those hits and mm -hmm. the traditional T um, it was a little more scattered and it just makes you wonder, um, you know, just not promoting my T over another T, any <laughs> T, just 
are you working on your precision and, and you know, your vision obviously has a lot to do with that. So, uh, you know, pick up a backspin tee, give it a shot. If you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. You got nothing to lose. Right. And you get 20% <laughs> off and you get 20% off bat bros, yeah. right? B-A-T-E-R-O-S. And that's all. Capital. That's correct. Yep. Cool. All right, brother. Well, thanks. Keep up the good work. Congrats on everything. And congrats on the little girls. My first time seeing her. Thank you, bud. All right, brother. Take care of yourself. Have a good one. Have a good Easter. Thank you.